Welcome to this podcast from the Bay Church. We hope you're blessed by the message. To find out more, please visit our website at www.the-bay-church.org.uk. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you that you're here in our midst. Thank you that you're with us. Thank you that this is not about church. This is not about a building or music. This is about you and you being with us and you being here. You're worth it all, Jesus. There is no one like you. You are the lion and the lamb. You're the one who's ever worthy of our praise. There's no one else. Be lifted up in our lives forever, God. You are good. You are forever good. <laughs> Come higher or low. You are good. That just stands over everything. Thank you. We'll praise you forever. Don't just let this be a moment, but take it with you that God is good. You don't need a church, you don't need music, you don't need a worship band for that. He is good. Let's just take this with us and this confidence that he's on our side and that nothing can ever take this away. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. Oh, can you thank the worship team? Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I always say it's not about the music, but I love good music, so I feel right at home here. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> How are you doing? Anybody feeling good? <laughs> feel better after worship or... <laughs> Who feels better now? Is somebody here? Okay. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> uh, okay. That's all right. My name is Toby. Hi. It's nice to meet you. It's nice to be at your church. You're kind of crazy, right? You just give the mic to some strangers. <laughs> do you know? Do you know when we when we got the message that we would be the service today this morning? <laughs> yeah, that's all right. <laughs> that's okay. But you're just um, yeah, a crazy lot. You're excited about Jesus, and it's. It's lovely to be with you. Zachariah and I spent uh, first year at Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry that you might have heard about. Um, we lived in one room and we both survived and that's a good thing. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he was in second year when I was in first year, so he was my bigger brother and that's just awesome. Got to love, love on each other. Um, yeah, it's cool to be here. It's cool um, to get to know Pat and Colin's church. Hey, they were, We lived in one house together. Yeah. She's taking photos, so I'm smiling. Sorry. Sorry for the break. Yeah, like, <laughs> who of you, you, most of you have heard about Bethel, right? Who has, is, is there somebody who hasn't? I mean, like, in your church, you have, oh, that's cool. Hi. <laughs> somebody. <laughs> it's just another church. Like, they never sent us out saying that we should preach about Bethel or anything. It's just another church. It's, it shouldn't be special, really. Because God is the same everywhere, and he can do the same things here that he can do in some place in Reading. It's really not that special. Obviously, I went there, but <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> Could have come here. So thank you that you're here. 
Zechariah is going to preach. Um, I'm excited about that. He's going to speak on grace. It's really dear to his heart. He taught me a lot about that, and I'm excited to hear what he's got to say. Um, just, yeah, let this not be another church meeting. Just be before Jesus. Just, yeah, we'll, we'll pretty, we're pretty spontaneous about everything tonight, um, as you can tell. But, yeah, I'm excited that he's, he's here. I know God is here. Um, so, yeah, can you give it up for Zachariah? He's my friend. <laughs> Thank you. Just getting this in place. Okay. Well, it's great to be here. Uh, it was an honor to... I'm, I mean, uh, the, the only one I know from here, from before, is Pat and Colin. And um, suddenly I'm invited to come here and uh, minister to you. So that's a great honor. Um, what a privilege. So I... I um, my name is Zachariah. I'm 25 years old and I live in Sweden. Wait. <coughs> I'm going to be 25 in one week. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> and um, I just, the grace of God is what I want, would like to um, just show, show what the scripture talks about the grace of God. Um, and I just want to start by telling some of, of my... Um, just felt like I, I was going to share a testimony, first and foremost. So, uh, as I said, yeah, I'm from Sweden. I went to, I went to Bethel, which is this um, church in California in Reading, and I went to their Bible school. did first year there. And it's an amazing place to be. It's an... Uh, it's really just a place where there's such a focus on the presence of God and such a anticipation that God, He is real and He's here in my everyday life and He can change everything. Um, and it's an amazing place to be at. So it's amazing to go there and be in that culture where that is the norm, uh, to be around people who are more on fire for God than you are. And my first year, I mean, it was a mixed experience. Um, my first year at this Bible school, I went, I went for two years, but the first year was, um, I mean, it's really understanding the gospel for the first time in that the gospel has changed me completely. Um, before this, the gospel, what I was brought up in is that the gospel is... The gospel will only be applicable to you after you've died. That's when the gospel steps in place and God says, yeah, you, you can come to heaven. Uh, and it's such a poor gospel that has no power at all, really. But when I understood the gospel, it has changed me completely. I'm a son of God now. Uh, I'm righteous uh, through what Jesus has done on the cross. I am just getting the identity of who I am through Christ. Uh, and that is who I really am. Uh, and that just stirs me to, to go for it. Now, as I said, it was a mixed experience of first year because something, as I said, 
Bethel is very focused on the presence of God, and something that would often be said uh, in school would be, uh, yeah, let's just take a moment to become aware of the presence of God. They would often stop, stop us and just say that, like, let's just become aware of the presence of God, which is amazing, let me tell you. But every time I heard that, what I heard is, what I heard is, okay, now look, look to see if God is here. Every time they said, become aware of the presence of God, I just went, uh, don't feel anything. Mm, no, still don't feel anything. Uh, no, I don't feel anything. Okay, God must not be here. And every, di- every day I was becoming more, uh, more and more hopeless, really. <laughs> Because all the other people, all the other people, that's how, that's how you think, all the others are experiencing the presence of God, but here I am, and I don't do it. Well, something must be terribly wrong with me. Because all, all the time, you, the devil loves to put you as the victim under everything, uh, where he points to you as the victim, and um, if I'm the victim, if something is wrong with me, then there's nothing I can do, uh, which means he's taken every weapon away from my hand because there's nothing I can do. It's just wrong with me. So something was uh, terribly wrong with me, and um, yeah, so I must be different than anyone else. Everyone else, they can experience the presence of God, but. I must not be fashioned that way. I must be different. Uh, it must not be for me. Uh, yeah. So I was a victim and I was crying out, God, you have to fix this. You have to fix this. You must change this. I don't want to live my life without this. You have to fix this. And I was putting all the responsibility on God because I had no power because I was a victim and something was wrong with me. Well, that changed. <laughs> thanks, to, thanks to God, that changed. Um, and it's amazing to me how God met me in the middle of my wrong thinking, in the middle of how wrong I thought about myself, how wrong, how wrong I thought about God how misunderstanding of the gospel and the grace of God I was, uh, he met me there. Um, And it's amazing, really. That was, yeah, so going home from first year, flying back to Sweden, I went through uh, Toronto, Toronto Airport, and I had a 14-hour layover. So I went down to Niagara Falls, uh, an amazing sight, the waterfalls. And I was walking along the waterfalls, and um, as you walk, you're, you're actually on the same level as the river before the falls, which means you're actually looking down on the falls, which makes them not look very impressive. Um, so I was walking along there, battling um, just, what's the word? <laughs> Sorry, losing words. I was just um, like, yeah, this is awesome, this is, this is great, and trying to... Uh, trying to really appreciate it, thank you. Uh, <laughs> trying to not be bitter about it. And, um, 
And then I decided, well, let's let's take the boat out. It's twenty twenty dollars. I think I I think it's worth it now that I'm here. So I, I take the boat out, and that's the first time you come down on um, the level the river is after the whole falls. So that's when you start to look up on the falls. So I go there on the boat and uh, getting closer and closer to the falls, and that's when I really start to appreciate this uh, this view, this amazing thing, and. I start to just, as I'm experiencing this, I just start to direct my thanks to Jesus for what I'm seeing. And as soon as I do, he just comes. And he just starts touching my heart. And so I'm standing there on the boat. We get closer and closer to the waterfall. Uh, unless, yeah, those who've been there, you might know that it's like standing in a shower. And I do believe I'm not exaggerating. Uh, it's like you have a rain poncho and everything, and everyone starts screaming because they get wet, and I'm standing there laughing and crying <laughs> and thanking Jesus. Uh, like, you're finally here. You came. And I was so happy. And still, still stuck in my wrong thinking. Still thinking, you finally came. You're actually here. Like... Let me tell you, an experience will ever only be an experience until truth steps in place. Um, you can't live your life on experiences. You can't live your life on feelings. You have to live knowing him, knowing that he's here, knowing that he loves you. It's all about knowing God. Uh, and the New Testament is so full with know the will of God, know his love, know him. So without the knowledge, this would just be an experience that the next few months would have been forgotten and wouldn't have added anything to my life. It, well, it would be a nice memory to, to tell someone, but not more than that. What happened that summer was, um, there's, an there's an amazing teacher called Dan Moeller and my friend sent me this Bible school by Dan Moeller, and I started listening to this, and truth was set in place in my heart, where I realized that, well, God is here whether I feel him or not. And the gospel started to really open up so much more to me. Yeah, so I'm just gonna tell you that like every time I speak, um, I always have to preach the gospel. That's, that's it. That's the only message. That's what I have. And the gospel, I always start in Genesis 1, where God, God who is love, God who is love, he didn't create us because he needed worshipers. He didn't create us because he needed, because he needed us. God was so pleased in himself. He was love and he was there. And he was so pleased and the most joyful being in the universe. He still is. And God, <laughs> he created you because God is love. And the spontaneous expression of love is that he wants to pour out from himself onto something, onto someone. So God created you. God created you because he wanted an object for his love. So he created you. He created man. 
And he said, let us create man in our image to be like us. So you're made in the likeness of God to be his, to belong to him. So what happens is, in Genesis 3, um, sin comes into, the wor- comes into the world. And what sin does is, it, we who were created in the image of God, we get covered by this sin. This sin throws itself over us, and we look nothing like we were created to be. But God still knew. God still knew who we were. He knew who he had created us to be. He never changed his mind about you. He's always loved you. His love is constant. God doesn't change. So God, he he didn't leave us. God, he came to Adam and Eve and he said, where are you? And they, they hid themselves. They hid from God. So man start seeing just instead of seeing the love of God and seeing him they just see themselves and how lacking them they are in themselves they see the sin that is wrapped around them they don't recognize themselves they completely forget who they are they just see this sin and sin becomes their identity so God he loves man and therefore he hates sin because sin is hindering us from receiving the love of God. And God's wrath and God's anger will always be towards what's hindering us from receiving his love. So God, he wants to get rid of this sin. He's created his, his it, it has destroyed his creation. It's destroyed his, the object of his love. So he sends he, he comes himself in the likeness of man. He becomes a man, Jesus Christ. And he is the lamb who removes the sin of the world. He's the lamb, the perfect lamb of God, in the likeness of God. And he becomes sin in our place. So it says in, in 2 Corinthians 5.21, It says, he became sin that we become, might become the righteousness of God. So we, so Jesus, he took, he took what we deserved so that we could get what he deserves. So what, what has happened? Well, we couldn't see this, the love of God because sin was covering us. Now sin is gone. And God's love is constant. God's love is there. And God, he sends his Holy Spirit because now we are righteous. He can sense his spirit on us where he anoints us with his spirit, where he comes inside of us, where he takes his dwelling within us, uh, where we get filled by him. That is the aim um, since that is the aim since, since the, before the foundation of the earth, that God would have us filled with himself in full communion with us. Uh, and now finally, because of Jesus Christ, that is a reality and it's here, it's now, it's for us. So the spirit has been given. The spirit has been given to us. 
So, when I was, when I was there, um, not feeling the presence of God, not being aware of the presence of God, thinking, where, is, where are you? Because you're not here. Everyone else seems to have you, but I don't have you. Where are you? I don't feel you. You have to fix this God. You have to do something. Well, that was just uh, an expression of my lack of understanding that God, he was there. He had given himself fully for me. I didn't need someone coming up and laying hands on me. That's not what I needed. Maybe you are here today, you're thinking, you see what God has for you. Maybe you, you might see what God has for you in your future, and you're thinking, God, when is that going to happen? God, when are you going to change my life? When are things going to be set in place? And I want you to know that what you need is not ministry. What you need is not someone coming and laying their hands on you, not someone coming and setting everything in place. But what you need is understanding the grace of God. And yes, that might happen through ministry. But I want you to know the love of God. I want you to know that he's in you. And that's what I started to understand. And I started to see that he's here. There's nothing wrong with me because he's set everything in place already. I'm not waiting for anything else to happen. I'm not waiting for God's second son. He's already sent his one and only son. So, a few, mm, one and a half years ago, For a long time, um, even after second year, there was a frustration in me. I saw what I, I, God has shown me so much of what he has for me. He's shown me so much of my potential, of the life that he has for me. Uh, and there's been a frustration, like when is this gonna happen? When is this gonna happen? When, is, when are things gonna change? When am I going to be, become this radical person that I see in, in the vision, uh, the, the man of God that I see that I will be? When is that going to happen? And I thought something has to happen before I can become radical. That was the lie that I, I realized that I believed in. I believe that something has to happen to me before I can become radical. Well, that lie was dispelled from me and I, I saw that Nothing has to happen. It's already happened. He's done everything. He's poured out his spirit on me. I'm filled with him. What am I waiting for? And so, after that, he began to reveal his grace to me. The grace of God. And it's been an amazing journey of this past one and a half year, I would say, where he has just opened up what the grace of God really is. So the grace of God, often we just talk about the grace of God as 
where he pardons me, where he pardons me for my sin and where he, where he says, okay, I am not gonna, where he does not count my trespasses against me. So uh, often we say that's grace, and yes, that's a big part of grace, but grace is so much more than, than that you've been freed from the punishment. It's so much more than that you, um, as I said, you have been given what Jesus deserved because he took what you deserved. Uh, you're in the right standing with God. You have become his son, his daughter, and he loves you, and his love is so on you, and that is the grace of God, yes, but the grace of God is so much more. And my revelation of the grace of God has come through, through reading Second Peter 1. And I remember there was a time where I read this every day for a, for a week or two. And that's when I really started to see what the grace of God really is. So I'm going to read to you Second Peter 1, a part of that chapter. Now, either wh- whatever you feel more focused on, either you... Open your Bible or you don't, whatever makes you listen better. Second Peter chapter one, verse one. It's it's Peter, the apostle, that writes this. So he says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those to those at the Bay Church, I could say, who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours. So Peter is saying, I have not been given anything more than you've been given. You've been given a faith equal standing with ours. That's what the Apostle Peter says. You've been given a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's made you righteous. He took your sin, not counting your trespasses against you, and he made you righteous, right standing with the Father. The Father has nothing against you. The only judge has nothing to accuse you for. You're free. By the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. And here we see in verse, verse 3, uh, I would call this a definition of the grace of God, where it says, His divine power has granted to us all things that, perti- that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Thank you, Jesus. We see in Ephesians 1, it says, you've been given all the spiritual blessings of heaven and earth. All the spiritual blessings have been given to you. What are you waiting for? Are you waiting for someone, for a human, to lay hands on you? Or will you receive what he's already given? 
His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. I know in many churches, if I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm becoming a partaker of the divine nature, they would say I'm a heretic and they will throw me out. But it's in the Bible. Through the promises of God, you are becoming a partaker of the divine nature. What does that mean? Well, we see in Romans 8.29, my favorite verse, <laughs> among a few. My favorite verse, <laughs> Romans 8.29, it says, We are predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many. We have been predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ, to look like him, to act like him, to speak like him, to be like him. Because as he is, so are we in this world. We were made in the image of God to be like him. Sin destroyed that. God brought us back out of the power of sin into the realm of his kingdom, into the realm of his son, his beloved son, into light we stepped. And everything was light. Old things have passed away. See, all things have become new. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So, let me say, the grace of God I'm just saying what, what, how I see it. I want you to study your Bible. Um, I read this morning from, from 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. It says, He has anointed... I, I'm gonna, I, I don't know this. I just read it this morning. Um, the anointing that you have received from Jesus abides in you. What is the anointing? It's the Holy Spirit. The anointing is always just a symbol of the Holy Spirit. When someone pours oil on someone, it's just a symbol, an act of faith, an act of a contact point of faith to see that the Holy Spirit is, is being poured out on you. The anointing that you received from Jesus, it abides in you and you have no need that anyone should teach you. You have no need that anyone should teach you, but as his anointing, as his spirit teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. Let me tell you, <laughs> I, I'm not trying to take away from the amazing uh, gifts that God has, has given to us in the church, but let me tell you, hear me in a right way, you don't need ministry. You don't need a man to teach you. These are amazing things and I want you to take part in them. 
But there is actually a, a way where we can know God and where he teaches us. It's not that he's doing more things. He's already done all things. Everything is finished. It is finished, Jesus cried out. It's not that he's adding anything. It's just he's teaching us what he's already done, what he's already accomplished, that we, may that we might receive it and make it ours. And that where Jesus is the cornerstone, where we build our lives on him, and the things that are not yet added, uh, like the teaching that he, that he is teaching me, what he's teaching me through his word, what he's teaching me when I'm just alone with him, I take that and I stand on it. And let me tell you, that is so much better than living my life from feelings. I've done that, and it's, it's, it's the worst. Living your life from feelings, like I don't feel the presence of God, okay, he must not be here, okay, something must be wrong with me. If you live your life by feelings, then, well, you might have great days, but the devil has such an ease to just take those feelings away. You will have a bad day, which might turn into a bad week, a bad month, a bad year, a bad life. I don't want that. I want to stand on the truth of God. I want to stand on what he has accomplished once and for all on that cross where he made you a son and a daughter, a son or a daughter of God. Uh, I was in Second Peter 1. So God started teaching me about the grace of God and I saw, because I thought, I always thought that I'm not allowed to fight because the grace of God is there. That means I must only stay passive and just let the grace of God happen. That's what I thought. And nothing was happening. <laughs> but let me tell you, the grace of God is so much better. He has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. So, as I said, I believe that the grace of God is defined in this, that his divine power has granted to me all things that pertain to life and godliness. And I believe that the grace of God is formulated through his promises. I read his promises and I see his, gra his grace written out. I see, I see that he is my strength. Wow, what a grace of God. I don't have to muster up my own strength. I can go in his strength. I see that he is my healer. Wow, that's great. I don't have to try to, to get healed. I can just receive his healing. I see that he is enough for my, own, my every need. I see that he is enough to change me completely. And I take that grace of God. I take this grace of God and it says, verse five, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue. Make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue. So I see, I see the grace of God I see it formulated and I take that word and I run with it. 
make every effort, because of this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control. I love self-control. And self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Makes it so simple, makes it so plain, really. Whoever lacks these qualities, listen to this, whoever lacks these qualities, the only reason you would ever lack this is because he is so nearsighted, yeah, even blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. You have to know that you've been cleansed from your sins. If you don't know that God has forgiven you, I'm telling you right now, your sins are forgiven. You're free, you're righteous. Whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he's blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. What a great promise. That's, that's almost heresy on that one too. You will never fall. So first he says, make every effort. Because of grace poured out on you, make every effort. Be even more diligent to walk out your calling. So, so what is grace? Well, gra grace doesn't just... Grace doesn't just take me up from the dung and wipes me off a bit and say, okay, have a good life. No, grace takes me up from the dung, stands me on solid ground, cleanses me completely, clothes me with everything I need, equips me with every weapon to stand against every power trying to come against me. And it says, run, run, go for it. I've given you everything. Run, run. Every spiritual blessing on heaven and earth. Take it and run. And the Holy Spirit is there all the time. He's teaching you His grace. <laughs> so, in my life, I, I have... I've, in the past, I've never been good at um, time management. Uh, I've used my time for so many, many meaningless things. Uh, maybe, yeah, I would, I would go to work. This, this might be this an example of, of how it uh, might have been. I, I would go to work, I would come home, I would do the things that I think makes me relaxed. Uh, which would most often be Facebook and YouTube and things of no eternal value whatsoever, the most meaningless things I would fill myself with. I would go to bed, wake up, work, come home, do the most meaningless things ever, and so on, and so on, an endless spiral. Weeks would go by, months would go by, nothing would change. 
I was living as though God had not done anything for me. But then I see, I read, and I see the gift, the spiritual gift of self-control, the spiritual fruit of, of self-control. And Paul tells, tells Timothy, you've been given the spirit of self-control. And I see that, and I go, well, if, if I've been given self-control, that means <laughs> I've come to understand that that means I can sit down, take any part of my life that, that I want a change in, take any part of my life that I am not satisfied with, any part that does not look like the life of Jesus, I can take that and I can run. I can run with, with the grace of God and change that. Not by my own power, but by seeing the promises of God, the grace formulated, and I can take that and I can run with it. You see, we've, um, just, just a picture We've been given the armor of God, and it says, it's the shield of faith, above all, the shield of faith. And you have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And let me tell you, it's not a small, small shield, a round, small shield. Well, the, the shields that Paul had seen were the Roman soldiers' shields, big as a door, big as a door. And you would, you would hold it in front of you and uh, a legion of soldiers could, they just looked like a wall really, and they would march forward and they would slice with their, with their sword and they would advance with their shield. And really that is uh, such an amazing picture for me, how I take the word of God and I attack that thing and I advance in faith. So I, I, I put the word of God forward and then I put my faith to that word of God. And I put this word of God, then I add my faith to that word. And I advance further and further. Yeah, I'm gonna try to close this now, but I just want to Oh yeah, I, d I didn't finish my testimony. So th the spirit of self control and taking that word of God putting my faith to it uh, and advancing it has it has changed my everyday life I actually beginning of January I quit my job uh, just to spend more time with Jesus uh, and um, it's amazing and I think it's 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 really good um, and now because I, I wanted I wanted to change I wanted to change how my life looked like, that every part of my life that was not when I'm working, I want to change that. So I made sure my, all my time is the time I'm not working now, <laughs> just to really deal with it. And it's amazing really how I can take the word of God and just run with it. That's the grace of God. This word that says, I've given you the spirit of self-control. I take that grace and I run with it. And my life is changing. And it's amazing to me. And it's so encouraging uh, looking back at, at a week and seeing this week I've only done the things that I really want to do. What, what I mean by that is because no way uh, is, 
I know my heart. I've seen, I've, see, I've opened the scripture and I've seen the scripture who I really am. And from reading the scripture, I've seen that I'm his son and I should run as his son. I should walk as his son. And then I've been sitting at YouTube, I've been sitting at Facebook, knowing I don't want to do this. I don't want to be on Facebook. I hate being on YouTube, but I'm here every single day and I'm dying from it. I don't want this. And I see what I really want. I want to run with him. I want to live with him. I want to live as he lived. I want to love as he loved, walk as he walked, and talk as he talked. I want to be like him. And looking back at the week, seeing the fruit of, of self-control in place, where I've, I look back at a week think, seeing that I've only, this week I've only done the things I really want to do. That is so encouraging to me, and that is so amazing. So I want you, yeah, so that's, that's my testimony of, of seeing the grace and taking the grace and running with it. So grace has already come. It is finished. You're not waiting for anything else to happen. You're, you're reading this and you're seeing what, what has already happened. And you position your heart to receive his finished work. You're a, a lump of clay yielding to the potter's hand. You read this and you see and you get formed by it because I have been predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So I put this above me. I put this above my feelings. I put this above my past experience. The word of God is what, I, I don't want to live by feelings. I want to live by the word of God. I want to live by faith, and faith is the positioning of my heart to receive all that he's accomplished. So truth is bigger than ministry. Instead of being a victim under my every circumstance, I hated it. I hated being a victim under everything. It's so easy. It was so easy to make myself a victim under everything. Like, this is not right, uh, they are mistreating me, uh, I have these issues, and just making yourself the, the largest victim ever. But when I see grace, I see that I'm the most fortunate person that could ever have existed. I see that I can't be more fortunate than this. He's given me everything. He's given me everything. The love of God has fully been poured out on you. The love of God is here to transform you into his likeness. That is the grace of God. So right now I pray, Holy Spirit, I pray of just such a great revelation of the grace of God. Open our hearts to receive what you have accomplished, Jesus. And right now, uh, the things that you are thinking in your heart uh, the things that you are thinking in your heart, like this, this needs to change. I don't like to waste my time doing this. May maybe there's something you always come back to, wasting your time on. Maybe there's something you, you're trying to break free from, but it's always there. It's, it feels like a snare that you can't escape. Maybe there's just something there 
hindering you from receiving the love of God, hindering you from stepping into your destiny, let me tell you, the grace of God is enough to destroy that thing forever. The grace of God is enough. So I want you to take the word of God and slice that thing and put your faith to that word and advance and break free. So I pray, I pray that grace over you. May peace and grace be multiplied to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So now, whenever I hear someone say, let's become aware of the presence of God, <laughs> what I think about is he died for me, he gave me his spirit. <laughs> I might not feel anything right now, but he's given me his spirit. It says in his word, I put his word above my feelings, I put it above my experience. His word is what governs my life. His, his word is what I'm going to live by not going to live by my feelings anymore because they never took me anywhere. I'm going to live by his word. And his word says, you're loved, you're forgiven. I've given you my spirit. I'm with you. I'm there. You're one with me. Amen. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. It's like five lines of notes. How do you do that? Don't wait for God to zap you. I, I did the same thing in first year. At least the first couple months, then he made sure that I wouldn't do the same thing that he did. <laughs> Don't wait just... Don't think you need God zapping you before you can do anything. Who knows he can do that? But what if he doesn't? Like, if you don't have the word in your life, you can go to the best church, the best Bible school, you can have the best teaching, you can have the best everything, the, everything around you can be right. If you don't have this in your heart, if there's anything in your life where you say, oh, this is not looking right, what do you do with the word? What do you do? with the truth of God. So we're giving you homework. Read Second Peter. It's not that long. In my Bible, it's two pages. Read this, and once you're done, read it again. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you expected of us if, you, if we would, like, teach signs, wonders, and miracles. Um, honestly, that message about the Word of God and the grace of God is more important. Everything else comes naturally. Do not think that we're looking for miracles. They happen once you've got the truth inside of you. We have lots of testimonies. Um, I don't know if we've got time. Go ahead. What? Okay. How much time do we got left? Like, it's, uh, it's 10 past 8. Does anybody need to go home? We can pray for healing and go from here. Yeah, just, okay, so if anybody leaves, just take this with you, read the word, pray, that's more important than being zapped or waiting for God to move, he has moved, he has moved, that's what you need to take away, okay?
And His grace is enough for you. And you need to read Second Peter, and now we're going to pray for people. Yeah. I'm thinking. He's thinking something. Sorry, this is really spontaneous. Yeah, so I would like the worship team to come back up. And uh, I want you to start playing softly. And, and um, This is not for the mood. Like, we don't need mood music for <laughs> Jesus to come. It does help, but it's, it's more about the presence of God that it invites with the lyrics. Sorry. Yeah, so now, in the light of this word, that he has done everything, one part of that is Psalms 103 has the great promise that he is the one who cleanses you from your sin. He is the one who heals you from your every disease. He's the one who heals you from everything that is wrong. So in the light of that word, if, if anything is wrong with your body, um, if there's anything you would want healing for, I want, I want you to just stand up. Whatever it is, I want you to stand up right now. And maybe you've been to many healing conferences or healing services or just where we pray and, and we expect uh, healing. But this time I, I want us just to take hold of the Word of God and put our faith to it. So let me tell you, uh, God is your healer. Jesus is your healer. Sin is cursed, and the power of sin can no longer affect you. Just as Moses made the, the, the snake of copper, the serpent, the copper serpent, the, the Israelites were being bitten by, by the snakes. Uh, they were slowly dying from this, poison, from this venom. This venom was running through their blood and they were slowly dying. So Moses, he put the snake on at a tree. And there was a word, cursed is everything hanged upon a tree. So when the people, when they looked at the snake, they saw what is killing me has been cursed. The thing that, the very thing that is killing me right now is being cursed by God. And as soon as they saw that, they were completely made whole. Now it says, Jesus, he was made sin and he was hung on that tree. So cursed is sin forevermore. God cursed sin on that tree that it, would might, uh, that it might have no effect on your life anymore. And one of the effects of sin is sickness, disease. So right now, right now I want you who have this problem in your body to receive this word, God is my healer. God is my healer. By by the blood of Jesus, I've been cleansed. By, by the blood of Jesus, I've been healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. I want you to take that. I want you to put your faith to that word. And now I want the people around you to...
to lay their hands on you, not to pray in the normal way, but I want them to stand up, lay their hands. So if you're sitting down, stand up and lay your hands on someone who's standing. Lay your hand on someone who's standing. And I want you not to pray in the way you would normally do, but I want you to take this word. By his stripes, they are healed. And I want you to add your faith to that word. I want, I want you to, in your heart, speak that out. And I want you to put your amen to that yes from God. It says Jesus is the, je- Jesus is the yes to every promise of God. And to that, we also put our amen. So I want you to, to say your amen to the yes of God. The yes of God is, yes, you are healed. So right now, we, we just say our amen.